but have much more of a story to tell. Okay, I'm going to start over because I don't really like my rhythm here. <laughs> I'm going to increase the... <laughs> you know I'm getting older because I have to increase the point size. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like zooming in on it. <laughs> of all the things. Yeah. Of if all I have to squint at it, right I don't there. get it, the pacing right. <laughs> uh, kids these days and their 11 point size. Kids these days. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Interrogang podcast. This week on another releases-focused episode, we're going beyond first impressions and taking a longer look at some creative, unassuming, and completely deserving releases. I'm Kyle Reed, along with my good friend, your Interrogang co-host, and a man whose apexes are just as sharp as his vertexes, Joshua Dick. Oh, hi. Oh, my. Hi, Josh. This podcast quickly became NSFW. <laughs> my goodness. A little personal there, Kyle. Uh, yeah, I don't, hope you don't take that too personally. And the word should probably have been vertices, but I like I, vertexes. Well, yeah, vertexes is much more visceral, so that's the correct comedic <laughs> decision. But uh, a little little medical report there before we got started. So everybody knows yeah. me a little bit better. People need to know these kinds of things. Well, let's go. These are the releases from week 16, 2023. This week, I'm diving deeper into some typeface releases that are not quite what they seem on the surface. After you look at as much type as we do in a week, you become somewhat complacent in what you're seeing. Yeah, just another Grot, another Geo Sans that looks the same, another editorial serif. Ugh, more letters. Mm. But these types are good at presenting in a certain way, but have much more of a story to tell. So, do you want to hear about some unassuming types that made me look twice? <laughs> unassuming types that make you look twice. Great for fonts, not great for the person you run into on the subway. But let's go. Here we go. So, first, our typography released Picaresque last week. A blocky, grotesque type family in the style of a serifless 19th century Egyptian. It's grotesque with a higher amount of contrast, which gives it a 1930s vibe. You know what I'm talking about, like Great Gatsby-esque, after the era of wealth and wonderment and into the era of hardship and grit kind of feeling, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a family of 12 fonts, six weights of Romans and italics, that just feel old-worldly. So much charm, so much character, so much history kind of baked into those characters. Uh, the bolder weights are what really float my boat. They have a solidly oddball thing about them, yet their simplicity demands respect. It kind of feels like Gil Kayoe, which is a, a totally different reference point, but it's got that same energy, you know, big, fat, bold letters. I really, really like that one. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyway, this is a really fun one to see from our typography, a foundry known for impeccable editorial families and an ability to build so much personality into fonts. Uh, this is right in that wheelhouse. Yeah. And what that 1930s vibe gives you, I think, is a, is a study in asymmetry in that, yeah. in that the asymmetry is not really the point, but it's more of a byproduct of that contrast between the thick and the thin in the letters. That's a really good point, Josh. Great way to describe it. Absolutely. I wish I wrote that. And designer <laughs> Rui Abreu does say in his great write-up on the website that the asymmetry is what provides the playfulness, which I agree with. Mm -hmm. And so that makes me feel like there's that sense that there's no 
there's no need to inject more playfulness. You let it be what it is, yeah. which then makes it kind of this nice study and restraint. So that's, I just really, I thought mm. the, the asymmetry really inspired me in this one. I love that. Yes, absolutely. It makes you think like typefaces these days that are being made. Is there too much of an emphasis on symmetry? You know, like this might be a, yeah. a, a good example of letting that aspect shine. Absolutely. Or just trying too hard. <laughs> or just trying to too much yeah. of a good thing, trying mm. to put too much behind it. Sometimes you got to just let the letter forms be the letter forms they're going to be. Just like people. Uh, totally. So my next choice is from Sociotype, who published On Sight. They are in-house grotesque sands for public use. Uh, I wanted to mention On Sight here on the podcast because I'm just a fan of Sociotype in general. Uh, and they're not the kind of foundry that releases 10 families a year. Mm. Uh, you know, get a dozen in there, just putting some out every month. They do about one every year. So this is mm. this is somewhat special. Uh, I think on-site is worth looking into a little deeper because of the rare breedness of it. On-site itself is actually not really a rare breed. It's a grotesque Sans family of 42 fonts. Uh, but it feels personal. <laughs> because of the story attached to it. OnSite was originally a family of just two fonts that Sociotype used for in-house purposes, you know, designing all their invoices, etc. They loved using it so much that they built it out into a larger family of mm. seven weights across three widths with italics. They've put their own preferences into this typeface, not the preferences of what they think would, would sell or what they think designers would buy. That's the thing that makes this grotesque different. It's just a slight change in, in motivation to make the typeface that you know, gives it its differentiation. Um, ultimately, it's a solid core typeface for brands and freelancers alike. Uh, if you don't, for, by some odd reason, don't have a, a solid grotesque sans for your library yet, <laughs> um, I, I recommend on site just because it's got that uh, unique perspective that it comes from. Yeah, <laughs> I like this one. I like that story that it's something they had in-house that they liked, and so they just yeah. wanted to share with the world. How beautiful. I also wanted to just mention, I want to dig deep, a little deeper into the uh, alternates that they have available with OnSite, because mm. um, you get a good tour of those on the on the website. And on the website, yeah. I especially like the necktie queue, where the, the line of the queue comes straight down mm. off of it. I also like the curvy bottomed pound sterling, which man, that's that's another not suitable for work comment. <laughs> anyway, move, there moving it is. on. <laughs> and I also love the idea that there's uh, alternates for the German asset. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that that's not uncommon, but I just had never seen that or looked into that or noticed, yeah, or even thought about an asset being uh, having alternate styles worth doing sure and so that was a that was a particular fascination of mine for on site absolutely great list i think the the attention to detail in this uh, sans coming from that personal place um it really comes through yeah it, it that personality the fun that you wanted to have with it yourself as the right. designer comes through right. by putting a curvy bottom on your pound sterling you know <laughs> like you do the extra characters, the you know the stylistic alternates, that's really the place to look if you want to see a typeface made with passion, because people right. will just make a lot of those because they wanted to, not because they needed to. 
That's so. a great point. That's where the yeah. personality comes out. Cool. Well, third up, Hop is a new condensed rounded sands type family inspired by Impact from Pizza Type Faces. Best name for a foundry. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love pizza? That's right. Well, I say rounded, but it could also not be, but it is. <laughs> Essentially, it asks the question, rounded or not, of the designer. You have an option. You make the choice. Hop is a solid condensed sans family of seven weights and two styles, so rounded and straight. Uh, it gives you both. This is a thing that we've seen from a, a few foundries now, uh, and I'm wondering if rounded condensed sans is a style that's actually being adopted widely by the designosphere. It's becoming a crowded space um, from a lot of foundries. So, because like you say, the these are some of the straightest rounded figures you could find. Yeah. Like they are still very upright. They are still, it feels like they are meant to be combined yeah. with the straight style because other than the rounded corners, there's not a whole lot of squishiness. These are not squishy. <laughs> These are not your grandparents' squishy rounded Yeah, not a squishy fonts. round, a sturdy round. <laughs> a sturdy round. Mm. Man, we are we are ribbled here today. <laughs> I wanted to, I, I want to take a, a quick digression here. In that they do on on the website for Hop, they they do ask the question, rounded or not to be. This is the question, which is uh, an allusion I would assume to um, to Shakespeare's Hamlet. But I yes. feel like they should go a little bit stronger and really take on the public domain Hamlet uh, script. And so okay. I, I I took the liberty to to kind of expand on that to be or not to be speech. Ooh, excellent. Uh, and so if and so if pizza typefaces wants you this uh, use this feel free. Uh, but here here's what I <laughs> here's what I came up with. To round or not to round. That is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the weights and body wits of outrageous fonts or to take arms against a sea of letters and by opposing kern them. See, it just gives a little air of class to the. That's that's all I'm saying. It just gives you a little extra uh, connection to very to, nice to William Shakespeare and and the yes what you're going for. So I just wanted to offer that up to Pizza Typefaces. I mean, they, Pizza Typefaces better take you up on that. I feel like that uh, that's drama right there. Or if they need if they need a little like voiceover underneath a marketing sure. thing, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm just here. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, lastly, I wanted to touch on two type additions or extensions, as we call them. This is where a foundry will release new fonts in an already published or launched family or collection. We can't really call the family a new release, but it's worth noting the availability of these family's new new members. Um, so I've got two here for you, Josh. Yeah. First is Uni Grotesque from Rudiger on Future Fonts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unigrotesque might sound like a familiar name. That's because Unislab was the first to be released from Rudiger, a typeface which has since graduated from Future Fonts and is available on Typemates. Uh, Unigrotesque is the serifless companion to it. Well, it's much more than just Unislab with the serifs removed. It's a compressed sans serif with vague references of compressed sans serifs from the wood type era. It's got a few contemporary notes with rounded ink traps and contemporary punctuation and typograph typographic accoutrement. As Rudi nice. Rudiger puts it, uh, uni grotesque features kinks and quirks, rough edges, 
and an unapologetic curvature. Paired with a slender body that works best set loud and tall for headlines in editorial design. Hmm. Um, this is a pretty good way to put it. Yeah. This design is clean yet unserious uh, and perf- perfect for the younger designers out there looking to build a library with modern hmm. versions of historical classics. Um, I think that's kind of a cool take with this uni series that's clearly hmm. being built on future fonts. So we've got slab, but now we've got grotesque. Uh, it, I'm eager to see where this this goes on future fonts. Yeah, the slightly unserious take on those yeah. historical classics. And, you know, I like what you said there about building a library, that it can be a good start. I've, I never thought about the idea of mm. having kind of a starter kit, an indie-type starter kit. <laughs> I think that's a nice yeah. idea to have versatile but quirky fonts like Unique Grotesque, where you, you're getting something that is unique has unique characters to it but is still tying you to those historical classics as a way to get Mm -hmm. your feet on the ground and and get moving as a young designer uh and that i do think that this is a great place to start with that yeah great job rudiger uh the second edition or extension is abc leica mono uh leica leica not really sure of the pronunciation here, uh, but it's a it's a monospaced addition to Dynamo's Leica family. Leica is just an under underappreciated type family, in my opinion. It's so weird, and in all the best ways, it's a slab serif of sorts, taking major risks in how to construct characters. Like, mm-hmm. let's see, take the triangle top to the lowercase mm-hmm. t, or the bent and kicking broken leg of the cap r it's got this you know this sharp kickback uh at the end of it uh and so many more you could use so many you could use so many words to describe different parts <laughs> yeah. of Leica. it is round and it's sharp and it's pinched and it's smooth and it's awkward and it's beautiful and it's yeah. it, there's just like so many different beats you could take and each letter could take you on its own Absolutely. journey yeah it's doing fun things yeah it's a killer typeface with a unique style absolutely love it dynamo published five weights of roman and italics of the family's monospaced edition this week uh this was rightly so taken as an opportunity to amplify the family's weirdness to make a supremely quirky monospace serif that can't stand still this thing looks like it's just got ants in its pants it is squirming all around Uh, it's got movement and personality and something making it squirm and wiggle so it's pretty cool uh design wise um i interested to see what kind of applications it's got yeah yeah that's totally true because it is it's breaking some monospaced rules it almost feels like because they get the monospace because each letter gets its own monospace space that it Mm -hmm. feels like each one just does whatever it wants which feels like it shouldn't work but because it's (laughs) in the same flavor as like a not mono it works. Mm-hmm. It does all flow together. And that's a, that's a, a remarkable thing, though. It, it does feel like it pushes those rules yeah. a little bit hard. Kyle, do you feel like we're seeing a lot of monospaced releases lately? I feel like they come I up do. every week, which just seems yes. odd. It, it feels like that's always been something that you 
can design and should design, but not mm-hmm. regularly or not take everything you've done before and update it with a mono like like Leica did. Um, so I looked into our our numbers and last year in 2022 mm-hmm. we tracked for the total the total for the year we tracked 12 monospaced releases. Okay. So far in 2023, we, by my count, have nine. Wow. So we're on pace to essentially double or or yeah borderline triple the amount of monospace releases this year, which just seems surprising to me. I, I completely agree. It is weird that we would have so many. I have a hypothesis as to why, perhaps. Oh, please, don't, don't hold back. Uh, type designers are pretty good at... Um, creating efficient proce- processes around designing fonts because they take so long and uh, it's a sure. repetitive thing. But um, uh, I think people are re- starting to release more monospaced versions of something they may have already had uh, right. because it gives, it's like starting from halfway in the race. Right. Um, you can work with something totally. that you've already designed and just kind of change it up a little bit. So maybe that's it. Maybe type designers are trying to become a little bit more efficient in their offerings and the time that it takes to put something else sure. out uh, and just you know take that advantage of uh, starting with something and release a monospaced version of it. I just wonder what the market for that would then be. I, I, in my mind, yeah. you, you don't need more than one monospace, or if you do use one, mm-hmm. it's, it's very specific. It has a very specific use, you know, the generic yeah. sense of for coding or for anything like that so it it's hard mm. for me to kind of see what the market if it's oversaturated with monospaced of all things yeah if we have a monospace wave uh just what yeah what the appetite for that is and that's not to say i'm not making any mm-hmm. comments because especially something like like is just fun it's mm-hmm. it's definitely using that monospaced idea to have more fun and I'm never against that. I just think it's interesting. <laughs> I just think it's bizarre yeah. that of all the things we're seeing uh, a wave of, that it's it's monospace designs. This might be the case of uh, type foundries making a market as opposed to reacting to a need in a market. Chicken and egg. You know, like sure. there may be some kind of common consciousness thing going on, but yeah, sometimes the foundries actually do take the lead in telling design what it should be using. Uh, that happens occasionally, I think, in, in type marketing history. I think that happened, uh, you know, back in the uh, early 2000s with the the spark of uh, great digital editorial serif typefaces. All of a sudden, we had a lot of them come out at once, and then we saw, you know, the designers start to use them because there were so many great tools available. Sure. This, this may be a similar case. It may be like you know, a lot of monospaced typefaces a lot of which are serif by the way monospace serifs as opposed to monospace sans from yeah right a wave that we saw a couple of years ago yeah, maybe that's a type design sure. telling graphic design what it should be doing well let's keep looking and see if we see it yeah. everywhere soon because we might we'll keep tabs on it well anyway that's it for the roundup um i hope these get your mind going your curiosity lobe firing and your appetite for looking past the surface uh, a bit more up and going hey um, leave uh, my curiosity lobe alone that is mine <laughs> <laughs> it's just like your apexes and vertexes no kyle bad kyle <laughs> Well, that's it for this week's Gang. 
This episode was edited by Andrew Spears, who also provides most of the original music you hear in our episodes. The music you are listening to right now is Cut It Loose by Max Band. The entire gang is a production of Proof & Co. Visit our website at proofco.xyz to subscribe to our weekly newsletter that chronicles all the activity in independent typography every week. You can also get your copy of the 2022 Annual Report and Almanac, a data-driven analysis of the world of independent type, by heading over to our website. Follow us on Twitter at proof underscore and underscore co, on Instagram at proofco.xyz, or just drop us a line via email at hello at proofco.xyz. If you have any thoughts on what we discussed in this episode, have any topics you would like to hear discussed on a future Interrogang, or if you feel sturdy round, not squishy round, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the podcast, and of course, we hope you are, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month by following the link in our episode notes. As always, thanks for being a part of the Interrogang, and we will see you next time. But I have much more of a story to tell. So, I should write complete sentences when I write <laughs> I think you should throw in a, occasional <laughs> German words, just to keep it, just to keep it fresh. <laughs>